The blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, John Spees. I'm your co-host, Adam Spees. Today we have two players ready to battle it out in our puzzling podcast game. In one corner, he's wonderful, beautiful, fabulous, marvelous, and stellar. It's the lovely Luke Leavenworth. Luke, Mm. welcome back to the show. Remind the folks at home a little about you. Oh, thanks, John. That's like the sweetest one you've ever given me. That you didn't rhyme it with puke or, or anything like that. So I, I, I love it. Uh, Luke Leavenworth, high school math teacher and administrator from Chicago Land, Illinois. Uh, happy to be back. Does it bother you that there will definitely be no math in this game? Um, you know, there's also no literature, so that's that's fine. I, I've, I've come to reckon with that. No, because there's literature in this game, well, not there's, literature. There's literature, and then, yes, uh, that, that is one of the categories that I've just highlighted and read and scribbled out on my, my note sheet. In the other corner, he's nice and not barbaric. He keeps it cool and not hysteric. And in D&D, he plays a cleric. It's Eric Brendan. Eric, welcome back to the show and remind the folks at home a little bit about, a little bit about you. Um, my name's Eric. I don't think I've ever been a cleric in D&D. It's like one of the characters I don't think I ever enjoyed playing. But uh, I'm an accountant in New Jersey, uh, and I'm uh, just a trivia enthusiast. Yep. Happy to have you. All right, folks, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of ten questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, before we get started, I, of course, want to know Luke and Eric just a little bit better. And as I kind of mentioned D&D, I'm a big fan of the fantasy genre, especially in films. So I want to know what is your favorite fantasy film? Not adult fantasy. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is our clean podcast. You want to go first, Luke? Or? I'm, I I get put on the spot in these so much, and I, I have trouble coming. Like I'll, I'll say the first one that jumps to mind. Um, I was late to The Princess Bride, uh, but I still think it's just one of the best movies ever. Uh, and, I mean, yes, does it start in Fred Savage, Savage's bedroom? Uh, that is not a fantasy. Uh, but the story <laughs> that it does... Proceed to tell uh, certainly is one. So we'll go with Princess Bride. Well, I am tempted to go with one of the modern ones. And it's just such a great time with like The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. I think I'm going to go old and go Highlander. I think that was one of the first movies I watched. I don't know how many times, but too many to count. So I'm going to go Highlander. All right. Well, um, actually a pretty difficult choice. There's a lot of good fantasy ones out there. 
Luckily for Luke, Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies of all time. Unfortunately for Luke, Highlander is one of my wife's favorite movies of all time, and I will not stay married if I do not pick Highlander. So Eric will get to pick first in round one. There, there, there can only be one, so that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. What ca- what category do you want to? Uh, yeah, what category do you want to start us out in? I guess we're we're already on movies. Let's start there. Okay. And you're starting way back in the fifties. Oh. Uno, dos, tres, catorce. What nineteen fifty eight psychological thriller starring Jimmy Stewart, or sorry, starred Jimmy Stewart as a retired police officer captivated by a woman he is paid to track? Uh, I really enjoyed that hint, so I'm gonna go with Vertigo. Vertigo is correct. Would not have gotten there without it. Thank you. A lot of people crap on YouTube, but I think they're a fine band. Yeah. Uh, all right, over to Luke. Uh, let's do sports. Okay. And we're staying in the fifties. On July tenth, nineteen fifty-three, who won the British Open after already having won the Masters and the U.S. Open? making him the first golfer ever to win all three major championships in the same year. You say the year one more time, 53? 1953. Um, I don't know if it's too old for some of the other guys. I'm going to say uh, Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan is correct. Hey. Pull off to a strong start for both uh, both contenders, and we are back to Eric. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go uh, music. Okay. A little music for you. And it's three times in a row, the 50s. Yeah, we're going to need that camera on the dice now. <laughs> 1959 was an amazing year for jazz, with five seminal albums being released by the likes of Charles Mingus, Art Blakey, Dave Brubeck, Ornette Coleman, and What Trumpeter, who released the quintessential jazz album, Kind of Blue. That's me, uh, Miles Davis. Miles Davis is correct. Peeing your pants is cool. Consider me Miles Davis. That's all I think about. I don't really think about his jazz. I think about peeing your pants. We all have our favorite things, Adam. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Back over to Luke. Oh, man. Um, what 50s question do you want? Yeah, that's... that's uh, oh, gosh. Uh, let's go to TV. Okay. It's the 80s. All right. What comedy series started in 1989 on KTMA in Minneapolis and had characters such as Joel Hodgson, Tom Servo, and Crow T. Robot? Oh, um, is that Mystery Science Theater 3000? Mystery Science Theater 3000 is correct. Right. Great show. I had the, I had the abbreviation in my head. I had to think about what it actually meant, uh, so I'm glad I got it. <laughs> All right. Back to Eric. Oh, let's do literature. Literature coming at you. And it's the 90s. What little-known character from DC Comics debuted in the November 1990 issue of Justice League Europe? His codename and appearance are both taken from the uniform of the Yeoman Warders of His Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress of the Tower of London and members of the Sovereign's Bodyguard of the Yeoman Guard Extraordinary. Can I get that one more time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what little-known character from DC Comics debuted in the November 1990 issue of Justice League Europe? His code name and appearance are both taken from the uniform of the Yeoman Warders of His Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress, the Tower of London, and members of the Sovereign's Bodyguard of the Yeoman Guard Extraordinary. 
Beef Eater. Beef Eater is correct. Oh, nice. That was the only guess I had, and I was hoping yeah. you wouldn't say it. <laughs> All right. Going strong. Luke, we've got uh, toys and games, news and politics, fashion, slang, and food left. Now let's do slang. Okay. Your decade is the 2000s. What is the Y-shaped rear portion of a thong or G-string referred to when visible above the waistline of low-rise pants? It's named for a certain mammal's appendage. can't say I've ever sported one of these guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I think this is called a whale tail or a whale's tail. Whale tail is correct. All right. Eric, we've just got back and forth going on here. News and politics. All right. And that decade is the 90s. All right, and we have a question from Janelle Alfsted Matson. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you, Janelle. In 1998, this website, where users could create their own web page, was the third most visited site on the internet. I'm gonna go MySpace. MySpace is incorrect. Luke, can you steal? Can you say it one more time, please? In 1998, this website, where users could create their own web page was the third most visited site on the internet. I was going between MySpace also, but I think I think that was a little bit later. I'm going to go with, is this like a GeoCities reference? GeoCities is correct. Oh, nice. I definitely uh, had a couple GeoCities websites. That was fun. All right, Luke, you got the steal. And left, uh, you get to pick another category. Um, let's go toys and games. Yeah, just a bunch of crazy toys and games. From the 70s. Mordecai Mirowitz was the genius behind this code-breaking board game in 1970, which may have been modeled on a pen and paper game called Bulls and Cows. I think this is Mastermind. Mastermind is correct. All right. Eric, we've got, um, uh, what do we got? Fashion and fashion food. Fashion food. Yeah, I guess I'll go uh, fashion. Okay. Ooh. And we're going back to the 50s. Born Dorothy Virginia Margaret Juba in Queens, New York, what 1950s supermodel's most well-known photo is of her in a floor-length black evening gown with circus, circus elephant. And to be clear, it's circus elephants in the photo, not on the evening gown. Thanks for clarifying that. Is that did I get the name one more time? Dorothy Virginia Margaret Juba. I got nothing. I'm not even, I don't even have a good guess. All right, Luke, can you steal? Um, can you just give me one more reading? I'm sorry, John. Just one sure. more reading through. Born Dorothy Virginia Margaret Juba in Queens, New York, what 1950s supermodel's most well-known photo is of her in a floor-length black evening gown with circus elephants in the background. I'll clarify that, but I said that before. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I could name a 50s supermodel. You just say she was born in the 50s? No, she was a supermodel in the 50s. Okay, that's that's what I thought you said. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I'm going to say Gabor and, and chalk this one up as a, a loss. Uh, Gabor is incorrect. Yes, without a little bit of knowledge of 50s supermodels, it would be hard. Uh, she actually just took the first two letters from her first three names. Her name was Dovima. Huh. Okay. You nope. could ask me that on the next round, and I'll still miss it. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right, that leaves... Food. Food. Yes, it does. Hey, guess what? It's the 50s. I think we've had, f I think we've had 50 of these. Yeah. yeah. 
Originally created in 1889 at the New Orleans restaurant Antoine's by chef Jules Alciator, what dish became a 50s holiday favorite made of oysters, pureed spinach, and breadcrumbs? That went in like three different directions from where I assumed it was going. Uh, Can you read it one more time, please? Originally created in 1889 at the New Orleans restaurant Antoine's by chef Jules Alciator, what dish became a 50s holiday favorite made of oysters, pureed spinach, and breadcrumbs? Um, I don't know. I'm going to say mufaletta, mufaletta, however you pronounce that word. Mufaletta is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? I would really love to be able to steal. I don't not coming up with anything. Um, uh, figgy pudding. Figgy pudding is also <laughs> incorrect. Uh, this was Oysters Rockefeller. Oh, my God. I went away from that because you said New Orleans. <laughs> All right. That is the end of round one. Adam, what is our score? Right, we got a pretty close one here. Luke does have a bit of a lead with 50 to Eric's 30. Well, still a very close game. Anything could happen mm-hmm. in round two. Absolutely. And uh, Eric, since you uh, or since Eric picked first in round one, Luke, you're going to pick for Eric to start off round two. What category would you like to give him? I mean, we can run food right back, I guess. Let's go. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. And it's the 80s. The restaurant Spago in Los Angeles was filled with celebrities from the day it opened in 1982 and was largely responsible for the addition of toppings like smoked salmon to California-style pizza. It was opened by what chef? That's someone in mind. I'm not thinking of his name. Well, well, this is an 80s question. Hold on just one quick second. Sorry, my kids are... Ma, a plant trivia, Ma. The meatloaf. (laughs) Where's the peanut butter, Dad? I'm sorry. I I, I don't have it. I I can say something that that would, I think, give it away, but I, I, I don't want to say it. So I'll give it to Luke. Luke, can you steal? Um, I think this is Wolfgang Puck. Wolfgang Puck is correct. It wasn't the guy I was thinking of. Who's the guy who says BAM? Emeril Lagasse. Emeril Lagasse. That's who I admire. I've been wrong either way. So, okay. All right. Luke got the steal. So, Eric, you got to give him a category. I'll give him fashion. Shocking. Yeah. (laughs) And the decade is the 90s. And we have a question from Janelle Upstead Madsen. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you, Janelle. Like country music and cowboy boots, this brand of jeans enjoyed a resurgence in popularity in the 90s. By 1996, one of every five pair of jeans sold in America bore this brand's distinctive large leather pocket patch. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Stetson. Stetson makes a great hat. I didn't know they made jeans. Uh, That is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? I'm going to go Wranglers. Hmm. Wrangler is correct. Oh, uh, I understand what you're meaning by pocket patch now. That's not what I was picturing. Okay. All right. Eric got the steal. Now, Luke, you got to give him a category. Good question. Um, Let's do news and politics. Okay. Politics. And it's the 2000s. The global temperature kept climbing during the decade of the 2000s. In December 2009... The WMO announced that the 2000s might have been the warmest decade since records began in 1850. What does the WMO stand for? Um, I'm going to say the Weather and Meteorological Organization. The Weather and Meteorological Organization is incorrect. 
Luke, can you steal? Well, my first blush was two of those three words. Um, let's go with the World Meteorology Organization. The World Meteorology Organization is technically incorrect. No! I can't give it to you. No! It was the World Meteorog- Meteorological Organization. John Spees. Mm. Yep. <laughs> he's well, t- he's a tight one. To be fair, it's Eric did say I, Eric said that word correctly. So I, no, I, I, I I'm, I I'm not. I mean, I'm mad. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> it's okay. I, I get mad at. I was debating that one, but I just uh, I need that world. Maybe it's okay. All right, where are we? Uh, Eric is picking for Luke. All right, I'll give Luke slang. Okay, and it's the fifties. A paper shaker was the 50s slang for what sporting and dance participants often found at football and basketball games. Are these just, oh, you said participant? I can reread the question. Yeah, please. Yeah. Paper shaker was a 50s slang for what sporting and dance participants often found at football and basketball games. This is, is this just a cheerleader? Cheerleader is correct. Okay. Sometimes it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the WMO. all right i'm picking for eric correct yes yep Yep. Yep. all right let's do literature please okay literature's coming at eric from the 70s what john irving novel about a man born out of wedlock to a feminist leader who grows up to be a writer was published in 1978 a film starring uh, robin williams would come later that would be the world according to garp the world according to Garp is correct. And that even qualifies as literature by Luke's standard, I think. It's true. <laughs> All right, Eric. Looks like we've got movies, music, TV, toys and games, and sports left. I'll give him toys and games. Okay. Toys and games. And it's everyone's favorite decade, the 50s. This iconic American toy, first released in 1952, originally only came with the accessories. And the main component had to be taken from your kitchen. Uh, this is Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head is correct. All right, Luke. What are we giving to Eric? Uh, let's do music, please. Okay. That decade is not the 50s. It's the 60s. <laughs> All right. This is a finish the lyric question. You have to tell me the final two words of this 1968 song. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a young'un's dream of growing up to ride on a freight trade leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one could change my name or no one could change my mind. But can I get it one more time, John? Mm-hmm. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a young'un's dream of growing up to ride on a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one could change my mind. But there's two words you need? Mm-hmm. I'm rambling. I'm rambling is incorrect. Luke, can you steal? Um, probably not. Uh, I was just trying to follow the rhyme scheme, and I don't even know if this is a song, but shout out to Pam Greer. Uh, Jackie Brown is going to be my answer. Jackie Brown is also incorrect. Yeah. Adam, you don't know this one? Uh, I mean, I feel like I should, obviously, as you, especially you pushing it. I mean, it. I hear that. I mean, yeah, I'm just not coming to me. Whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride 
On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound. And no one could change my ma- my mind, but Mama tried. Oh, the Merle Haggard Mama song, tried, Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried. Got yeah. All right. Oof. All right, where are we, Adam? Uh, Eric is picking for Luke. All right. Um, let's give him sports. Okay. Sports for Luke. And it's also not the 50s. Because it's also the 60s. <laughs> Born in 1962, what MLB team drew large crowds in their first year but played awful baseball, posting a 40 and 120 record? The most losses by a major league team in the modern era. If you give me one more reading, that'd be great. Born in 1962, what MLB team grew large cr- drew large crowds in their first year but played awful baseball, posting a 40 and 120 record? The most losses by a major league team in the modern era. Baseball's probably my weakest sport. Uh, I'm going to guess the Mets. The Mets is correct. Wow. Wow, what a pull. I knew they were early 60s, but that was the best I had. All right. What do you want to give to Eric? Looks like we got movies and TV. Yeah, TV, please. Okay. TV for Eric. And it is the 70s. Who played the lead character of Kane in the 1972 series... Kung Fu. Walking Earth, serving out justice. And no, I'm not going to get his name. I'm sorry. I, I. All right. Luke, can you steal? Uh, the only name I have in my head regarding Kung Fu is Carradine. Yep. David Carradine uh, is correct. I done, nicely done. From Kill Bill as well. <laughs> Never mind. My only, my only gonna, connection. Make the joke. My only connection to Kung Fu is. Uh, from Office Space. Um, and yeah, yeah. Do you like Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. <laughs> hey, Peter, check out you know Channel what? 9. <laughs> All right. I believe movies is going to Luke. It is, and it's an important one. And it's the 70s. You too can't believe the news today about what 1971 British drama film starring Murray Head that tells the story of a free-spirited young bisexual artist and his simultaneous relationships with a divorced recruitment consultant and a gay Jewish doctor. That was a lot of words in a strange order. Um, could you read it again, please? You too can't believe the news today about what 1971 British drama film starring Murray Head that tells the story of a free-spirited young bisexual artist and his simultaneous relationships with a divorced recruitment consultant and a gay Jewish doctor. I have absolutely no clue. I'm just going to say Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday is incorrect. Eric, can you steal? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. I'm just gonna say Sunday, Bloody Sunday. I can't get the YouTube clip out of my head. Sunday, Bloody Sunday, is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Technicalities, technicalities. That's too many, John. That's too many of those. (laughs) They're all titles. I'm not complaining. Like it's it's legit and yay. But man. Oof. Technically correct is the best kind of it correct. It is the best kind of correct. I agree. <laughs> All right, that is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score going into the final round? Well, thanks to those technicalities, Eric is definitely still in this game. He has 60. He has not quite doubled up. But Luke, he has gotten 10 questions correct, and he now has the pressure. Does he want to become the latest member of the 200 Club and get pinned? You have the chance today, sir, as Luke Leavenworth has 100. All right. Well, let's uh, find out what categories are going to be in there. Luke, since you were in the lead, which category would you like to add? <laughs> Good question. Um, let's do slang. All right. And the decade 
will be the 60s. All right. And Eric? Let's go. Um, I guess movies have been going well. I guess movies and literature have gone well for me so far. I'll do literature. Okay. Literature. And that decade will also be the 60s. All right, gentlemen. So based on 60s slang and 60s literature, go ahead and write down your bids. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. Here is your 60s slang question. In the 60s, a portholer was slang for someone with what profession? And 60s literature. What 1960 novel by Lynn Reed Banks is about Jane, a 27-year-old middle-class woman, pregnant and unmarried, who gets kicked out of her father's home to face her shame alone? I wonder why not O or T. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I want to remind everybody out there, go check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. Oh, yeah, go check out one of our friends. Uh, how about the Podcasting After Dark podcast? Those guys are doing a lot of fun breakdowns of some very interesting, wild, wacky movies. Uh, we love Corey and we love Zach and Diallo, who comes on as well. Those are fantastic guys. They do a great job with their podcast. Make sure you go check out Podcasting After Dark. I'm as good as I'm going to get. Yeah, me too. All right, let's find out what you put. Eric, since you were behind, what were your answers to the questions? Uh, for uh, slang, I went with uh, the Sailor. And for uh, literature, I said Lady J. All right. And Luke? Uh, I also said Sailor for slang, uh, and I had no idea on lit. It's not just my bad category because of comic books. It's just a bad category. Uh, but when you said not O and not T, I tried to play some letter association, and I ended up with P.S. Here are your answers to the questions in 60s slang. The term portholer was indeed slang for a sailor. And in literature, the 1960 novel by Lynn Reed Banks is The L-Shaped Room. Mm. So, unfortunately, nobody is going to be getting their bids. Let's find out how this turned out, Eric. What was your wager? I wagered 41, just trying to squeak above him. All right. And Luke? Uh, always a sucker for, for a shiny gizmo. Uh, I bet it all trying to go for 200 because the chances of me even ever being in that position again are pretty slim. So. You got it. You had to do it. You had, had to. to. Had to. I mean, with all the money on the line, it, it was a tough decision. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> all right, Adam, add it all up and let us know what is our final score. Well, the draw of the coveted 200 club pin uh, has found uh, another, what's the word I'm thinking Victim? Victim. Victim, Yes, found another victim. And uh, winning, coming back from behind, Eric Brendan with a score of 19 to Luke Leavenworth. Zero is the winner of the day. Congrats, Eric. Thank you. I take no pride in the technicalities, but I will uh, will enjoy a, a, a nicer glass of bourbon tonight than I normally would have had. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Eric, since you were the winner, we'll let you have last word. Luke, uh, now is your time to uh, curse my name or, you know. <laughs> the, the fun fact is I actually had World Meteorological Organization written on my screen, and I flipped it at the last minute because it seemed more likely. Uh, not that that made a difference here. Uh, I would have gone for the 200 regardless. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, John, for doing this. This is one of my favorite things. Um, I do it, or at least I justify it. I do it because I like it. I, I justify it by promoting my wife's nonprofit. It is called Keeping Families Covered. It is a diaper bank uh, in the northern Illinois area. They provide diapers and period supplies, among other things, to needy uh, families. If you are not local and, and don't uh, 
if you are not local, uh, check out the National Diaper Bank Network. There's likely at least one diaper bank in your area that could use all the help they can get. So thanks, guys. Absolutely worthy cause. All right. And Eric? Um, I really enjoy your guys' show. It's been great. It's uh, one of the things that helps me get through the like time on the treadmill. I just want to say thank you for, for all that you're doing. It's also great for uh, the road trips as those are coming up with the holidays. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really fun to have you uh, listen to these, although I cannot listen to this one because it drives me nuts to listen to myself. But <laughs> it sounds like a great cause you got going there. I would put out a shout out for that. I know I've done I, I did like one day with them and helping when there was a biker. Uh, there was a biker drive. They all this huge gang of bikers came in. They had all these diapers tied to the backs of their motorcycles, and I was just one of the dudes taking it and throwing it into uh, to bin so we could go stack stack the diapers uh, up in Harlem, New York, some someplace a while ago. But it, it really was uh, a, a cool organization. So I will say it sounds like a good place to put your any excess money you got. Uh, Appreciate it. Years over. All right. Thank you again to Luke and Eric. That's Adam and I'm John. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.